Hi, everyone, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Map Round Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we're talking to entrepreneurs and CEOs all about the epic business blunders. And with us in the hot seat today is the CEO of a company called V24, and uh, his name is Tamer Azenkot. Tamer, welcome to the show, dude. Thanks for having me, Matt. Happy to be here. Great stuff, brother. So look, kick us off with the elevator pitch. What exactly are you guys up to there at V24? Sure. So V24 is a suite of customer engagement tools for websites. Our goal is to help companies bring the in-person experience that they typically deliver over to their website for online web visitors. Um, I'll just say a few words of what exactly does that does that mean, because it doesn't mean much without it. Uh, the most basic engagement that we offer as part of our suite is a chatbot engagement. Obviously, there are hundreds and hundreds of chatbot chatbot companies out there. The unique thing about ours is that typically its goal is to upgrade the chat conversation from one where the visitor chats with a bot to one where the visitor chats with a real person. So we're, we're really focused on the human-to-human interaction, and that can be via text, via voice, and or video. And specifically with video, the use cases that we help with are ones where seeing a product on video adds a lot of value. So if you're buying a car, for example, or if you're buying a piece of jewelry, or one where seeing a person adds a lot of value. So if you're speaking, for example, with uh, your financial advisor, or if it's a B2B use case. So when we sell our product, we always prefer to see the person we're speaking with, whether it be a sales use case or support use case, seeing the person you're speaking with and having that human to human connection is really valuable. That's actually really cool, and I think it's a it's a it's a unique point of difference, right? Because you actually just want to talk to a human. Like one of the things that pisses me off, and I've actually got uh, one of your guys Good there. <laughs> so this does Harry, actually work. If you can hear me, can you please type? Yes I'm going to close that guy down there. Sorry, brother. Sorry, I was just demonstrating it. <laughs> no problem. Okay, thank you very much. Amazing, cool, brother. Thank you. Have a good day. Goodbye. Um, but. Um, where have you gone? Come back here. So that's really cool. So we've seen that this actually does work. And I love it because you, you, you're eating your own dog food. And like one of the things that pisses me off about these uh, companies at scale, and I'm imagining your clients are not like, you know, one, one man bands, they're bigger companies. Uh, but like, I just want to talk to someone, man, you know, and it's yeah. like, I was trying to like Bank of America, like, just like, they just locked me out of my account. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? So then yeah. I phoned the number. And it's like, options one through five are you know and then you and then it's in you and then or you can say what you want to say and i'm like speak to agent i'm sorry i didn't understand that do you know what i mean and as a customer experience it's 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 shit it's ridiculous um and so you know i think what you're doing is timely timely rather and and important yeah totally agree yeah it's 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 easy to get frustrated it's also easy to get upset when you're speaking, um, it's funny, I, I've, uh, in many times I've answered over text to interactions on, on our website and also with previous companies. And, and often the people you're chatting with, they think you're a bot when, when you answer over text. Um, so that's one of the reasons to get video on. And the way they treat you when they think you're a bot is, is pretty horrendous. So getting that video up, I mean, it's, it's no, no secret that everyone is using you know, whether it be Zoom or Teams today for every single B2B conversation that we're having. The same should be true for any customer support or any sales uh, engagement that you have through a website. 
Yeah, very interesting. Well, cool. Let's get into the meat and the potatoes of this uh, series, brother. So uh, what is your epic story of fail for our audience around the world today? Yeah, so it's today's my six-month anniversary at V24. So I, I've been doing a little bit of reflection over the last six months. I don't know that I have an epic one necessarily, but I have a, I have a couple of, of small ones that are interesting because I think they've repeated for me over and over again, and I'm trying to I'm trying to cut them, and and that's been difficult. Um, one w- which is again something that I intellectually understand, but it's very difficult to actually take action on, is when when considering letting someone go or making a change that is not necessarily convenient or maybe has a little bit of controversy. And I, I have a very specific example for that um, over the past six months. It's it's often easy to push it and hope for things to improve rather than ripping the Band-Aid off and taking action immediately, um, especially when there is a little bit of pain involved in, in doing that. So um, I, I've had a couple of those examples at V24, unfortunately, and um, by pushing them, delaying them a few months, we've paid a pretty big price rather than having done it you know, in the first few weeks after I joined the company. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult thing. There's the, I suppose there's that saying, isn't it? Like, you know, be uh, slow to hire, quick to fire. And I think we we always hope, don't we, that, uh, you know, the, a person who maybe isn't, you know, the right fit for the role or whatever the case is, like we always hope that, you know, him or her can eventually turn turn things around. Um, yet, I, and I, I don't know why we do that, but I think it's a kind of like, well, look, you have to give them a reasonable opportunity, but like how much is how much time is reasonable you know, so it's a difficult thing to, to, to get right. But I think, you know, especially when you are a smaller company, you don't have time for that shit. Like you have literally one, five days, you know, it's like, cool, well, you have, you sorry, you're out, you know, uh, versus like, you know, covering that cost for like three months and hoping, you know, because I think hoping is sometimes what we do when we're just allowing things to get worse. Absolutely. And, and re- related to that, I'll give kind of a second, um, again, not, not necessarily epic like you asked, but a, a, a similar type of fail that I've experienced over the first six months at V24 is that I'm, I'm very careful not to micromanage, as I think many leaders are today. Um, and part of that is kind of trusting people and not getting into the details of certain aspects. And in our case, it was very apparent with respect to how much money we're spending on various software tools and, you know, a lot of small things that add up to being quite significant actually. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, I've only now, you know, in the last few weeks after four or five months in, I've only now dug into our actual detailed expenses. And I've, I've had the opportunity now to cut things that I should have cut literally in my first week. Um, and the reason I didn't do that is because I was afraid to come across as being a micromanager or potentially to you know, step on people's toes and, and also not to overwhelm myself. So I, I was very conscious of why not to do it rather than going and actually taking action immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you know that the average business uses uh, 212 SaaS applications? 212. Okay. And, and, you know, and because they're being bought by all like different people in the business, like HR is buying HR, sales is buying pipe drive, you know, and so on and so forth. And so the CEO, you in this case, or me, uh, we just don't know. 
like who's buying what when and how you know and by the way sas uh, sas data is insecure and it's actually largely responsible for uh, a lot of the ransomware attacks do you know that so we're basically putting our businesses at risk like without knowing and it's it's just ridiculous so um so Tamara, when you think about um you know that ex- well, those experiences what lessons has that taught you yeah, so I, I was I was forced into one of the lessons this time around with regards to the spending. We began a, um, a SOC two audit process that we're preparing for at the moment. So it's it's really caused me to dig in. But um, I, I think I can I can unequivocally say that a, a very strong lesson that I have is is to not be concerned about stepping on people's toes, not be concerned about coming across as brash or or a micromanager, if you will, and, and to make sure that I see the information firsthand. So it's it's something that, let's say, for the next time that I join a company, I will immediately, in my first week or two, want to make sure that I understand where we're spending our money, down to down to the you know hundreds of dollars level, and be able to to um, make a decision, a, a proactive decision on whether it's something that we want to continue to spend on or not. And so, so that's kind of one bucket in terms of uh, the um, hiring fast, um, sorry, hiring uh, slow and, and firing fast, as you said, um, I think anytime you have a doubt, you need to immediately drive yourself into a process that doesn't give you the leniency of spending too long before making the final decision. You shouldn't leave it to your intuition and do what feels right because it's very easy and very natural, I think, to just spend way too long before having to make tough decisions. So I think the way I would I would address the next time that I have such a situation is I would force myself into a process where I've set specific deadlines to make decisions um, and very careful criteria by which I evaluate whether it's a it's a go or no go in in a short period of time. Mm. So Tamir, if you could get into the Matt Brown show time machine and, and do things differently, what stands out for you and why? If I were to if I were to rewind the clocks by by six months, I would make at V twenty four, I would within a week make sure I have a list of every single dollar that we spend and be able to go go through that list. Um, and the same is true also for each person on the team, understand very specifically every person's role and, and make quick decisions as to what are we gonna do three months from now, six months from now, and so on. Mm. Um, so not, not to kind of go with the flow and, and see where we end up or rely on, on uh, some reports that have been done prior to me joining the company because you know, as, as obviously, you know, there, everything is very in a small company and in a startup, everything needs to be very agile. And what was evaluated six months ago is not necessarily true today. And and I think you just have to make decisions quickly in the heat of the moment, rather than relying on something that's, that's more um, abstract or or more high level. Mm. So what's your advice today then, Tamara, in terms of, you know, the importance of failing or failure in becoming successful in business? So with regards to uh, specific advice as to the the challenges I've raised, I I think it's 
it's um, being very straightforward with any intuition that you have not to not to uh, allow time to slip um, and and take actions. Um, I think one of the things that's really helped me in my career, both in these specific scenarios, but also otherwise, is to have a number of mentors that I can lean lean on to. So um, what I found to be very, very helpful is to have people who aren't necessarily associated with a business. So it's often people that have been my managers in the past. And as part of the process of describing to them some of the challenges that I have, and again, they they don't have the context, so I need to give it to them. Just as I have to dig through through my mind and, and understand the situation so that I can explain it, I learn a lot just by doing that. But then also getting their feedback, obviously, and, and relying on someone who's a little bit removed from the business, um, who can give uh, give me their opinion and, and being able to bounce ideas off them has been incredibly helpful. I think it's something that's... that's um, it, it, it doesn't really show up in many, you know, MBA textbooks or anything like that, where it's really critical to have a, at least a couple um, mentors that you meet with on a regular basis. For me, I have, I have two people that I meet with every two weeks, um, another couple that I meet with a little bit less frequently. And just the process of giving them an update as to where I'm at helps me learn a lot of things about myself. And of course, getting their feedback helps too. Mm. Yeah, you know why that is, right? It's because we're stuck inside the bottle and we can't read the label. That's mm-hmm. that's why mentors matter because we're so associated with our own shit. You know, uh, we just don't see what we need to see, or we don't know what we need to know, and so we don't make effective decisions. And so that's why our businesses don't go where they need to go, right? And so um, that 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 for me has been you know my my experience anyway because you know it's a funny thing because you think you know it all you're on the Kool Aid trip you know what I'm saying um, and then actually it's like hang on <laughs> dude I got so many stories of fail in fact I actually spoke about this I did a, my own episode of Secrets of Fail um, uh, over the weekend and uh, I actually spoke about mentors <laughs> which okay. is, yeah yeah because like I was I had this business and. We were doubling revenues every year and I got my green card for the States. And I was like, look, you know, he was, he was also you know, from Israel. Um, and uh, I said to him, uh, you know, what do I do? And he goes, sell it. I'm like, what? I'm not selling it. Why would I do that? Like we're doubling revenues every year. This is ridiculous. I'm going to go clean up, you know, why, why? There's no reason why I should sell it. He goes, okay, don't sell it then. <laughs> so, and I regret that now. <laughs> I should have listened to him. Always listen to a mentor. Uh, the, but watch that video, guys. If you, it's called the building and failing of Africa's best tech startup. So, <laughs> watch that one. Um, so then, uh, Tameric, just to end, what about books, tools, and you mentioned mentors is really a resource. But what about books and things like that? What comes to mind as you know recommended reading for you? So I've. I've um... I, I went many years without reading business books at all. And then the last 12 to 18 months, I've, I've really heavily um, gone into reading. And, and actually, I listen to books mostly. And for me, it came, it came in along with um, finding uh, running as an, a new passion. So I started running and listening to books while running. And I, I can't say that I've I, I learn a lot of specific things from from some of these business books that I've read, but just the process of listening and then in my head, I naturally translate it to my situations and think about how how can I 
how do have I faced similar situations or how can I translate what what I hear to to challenges that I'm currently facing that's just a great almost a meditative um, thought exercise for me and I I often end up solving my own issues or making my own decisions regardless of the book I'm listening to but the book puts me in this in this good um, mindset for for thinking about them and doing it while exercising it I find to be re- really good it, it just helps think better rather than sitting in front of the computer and trying to trying to sort things out trying to figure stuff out mm, yeah so that, that's worked really well and I if I had to you know name a couple books I, I like the hard thing about hard things um, I like the the style and the pace and again just hearing the stories helps me think about my situations and and what what I what I need to be doing better or doing differently mm. Yeah, I'm the same. I've, I've found, uh, you know, if you want to get out your head, get into your body. And I think running is also cool. I, but I've stopped listening uh, to to anything because I just, if I'm alone with myself, I find I'm at that, you know, because otherwise I've got something in my ear and it's actually just bandwidth and noise. Um, and so what I'm looking for when I run personally is, is signal. And so the, you know, because if there's patches of silence, that's actually where I find it's like, oh, hang on. And then, then something bubbles. And it's like, oh, why, you know, why am I not doing that? Or, you know, maybe you'll do a little bit of a motivational self-talk, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, but, but again, everyone, you have to find the, the thing that the thing is, you have to find the, your formula, you know, because yep. sometimes we just don't do it. I mean, like, you know, entrepreneur health is a big deal. Um, hmm. and, uh, again, we don't talk about, uh, that sort of stuff enough, you know? So, uh, but, yeah. um, yeah, man, Tamir, listen, brother, you, you know, you, you, you come on new, uh, you're turning the ship around. It's, it's also, it's a, it's a challenge, right? And I think, uh, it's exciting to be in that space. Um, and so, yeah, uh, thanks for being on the show, brother, and wishing you and the team there at V24 all the very best. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me and, uh, hope to speak again. This was fun. Anytime. Thanks everyone. We'll see you again soon. 